and welcome to episode number 114 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson, where we run down all the big bets, all the big happenings, all the big news here in this crazy gambling industry. Find us over on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. If you wouldn't mind, subscribe, rate, and review. We do appreciate that. At Lines U, at the Lines US, at PlayPix US over on Twitter. You want to follow me and Brett at Matt Brown M2 at Brett Colson. We will talk about the sports rolling on here. Uh, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League. We're going to talk about what went on in the UFC. We will uh, hit on golf just a little bit. I think both of us are taking the week off on golf, so probably not a ton of analysis on this week's tournament. But then we will dive deep into the NFC East as we begin our NFL previews and guys, you probably are going to find more than one podcast from us a week here as we head into NFL season, as we try to blast through these divisions and give you kind of the best places you can go to find the bets you're looking for, or where we think there might be any sort of value out there. And then also just basically uh, helping you navigate the best odds and best lines and least amount of juice and things like that, because we are trying to Make you guys better betters along the way as we go here. But Brett, let's kick things off with old Hard Knocks. It is back over on HBO. You and I have talked before about hard the Hard Knocks effect and how it could happen and, and affect betting. But this year, with there being no preseason games, I don't know if Hard Knocks is actually going to affect the betting market like we have kind of seen it do in years past. He, uh, teams get on there and they show the highlights of the teams and you fall in love with players and people get all hyped up and ready for the season. And then we kind of see at least a little bit of market movement in some of the, the Hard Knocks teams. But this year they're doing just L.A. based, so they're doing both the Rams and the Chargers. There's not going to be any preseason games. And, of course, a lot of the the episodes are kind of based around these guys staying healthy and getting, you know, their COVID tests and uh, how the how they're functioning in these training camps through what, you know, is the weirdest preseason that will ever happen in NFL history. So um, with Hard Knocks, I've, I've found it entertaining through two episodes so far, but uh, I don't think we're going to see in the betting markets any sort of changes like we've seen in years past yeah i don't think so either we got two teams this year as well like you said so you're gonna have less focus on specific players and without any highlights from the games yeah i I don't see it happening this year like it happened probably with the browns a couple years ago and last year i don't know who was even last year oh boy which team was it last that's how bad the season was last year i don't remember who they who they focused on last year yeah, that is uh, that that is. <laughs> we came prepared for this one. How in the world did so the, we? It wasn't the, oh, it was the Raiders. It was the Raiders. Yeah, it was the Raiders. Because it was AB. Yeah, AB yeah. was focused last year. But yeah, I I haven't watched uh, episode two yet because like we were talking about before the show, I go to bed at like nine thirty, ten o'clock now because <laughs> the, the, the shutdown has completely changed my sleep schedule without sports. But um, I really enjoyed the first episode. I thought they did a great job of, you know, how the players are transitioning with the, you know, the health protocols with COVID. And uh, I thought that was super interesting. So I'm looking forward to actually getting into some football. I imagine they did that in episode two. So I'll have to check that out today. Yeah, it'll be uh, it, you, you'll definitely enjoy. And I, like I said, I from a betting standpoint here, we're not a we're not going to review TV shows here. But from a betting standpoint, I don't think it's going to affect the markets like it has in years past. I guess unless throughout the course of the show, it gets revealed that Herbert maybe wins the job over Tyrod Taylor or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that would be the only way that we could see some movement or something like that out there. But 
you know, it's been pretty much status quo so far with everything. Uh, no major injuries on either one of the teams as well. So that's something that we'll be monitoring, which, you know, this is another thing that we'll update you guys on as we roll into the season here. But, you know, uh, it's not going to be as prevalent and as easy for some of these injuries to leak out and some of the things that are going on in training camp. So any big news that we hear, we'll keep you up to date on all of that. Of course, we've had a couple of pretty premier injuries already in the NFL. None that I think would affect how you're going to handicap a team moving forward. But um, certainly these guys are getting out there and getting after it for the first time. And we're seeing some of them go down, Brett. And uh, that's, I think we might see a whole lot of that over the next two weeks where some of these guys probably spent the entire COVID getting in awesome shape and maybe some of the guys spent entire COVID, maybe not, uh, maybe not so much. Yeah, I would, I would lay a heavy price that there will be at least one or two big time injuries before the season starts that are actually going to impact betting odds for week one and maybe some futures too. So uh, that'll be something you want to keep an eye on we, uh, like every single day as, as you know, reports out of camp are coming in. Major League Baseball is rolling on here, and it has not gone completely according to plan, Brett, as we sit here. The Orioles have a winning record. We thought that they would be historically bad. They actually have a winning record through about 20 games. The Nationals are last in the NL East. The trendy team that everybody was talking up, the Cincinnati Reds, are below 500 here as we enter about the one-third way mark through. The season, the A's are leading the AL West. It is not the Houston Astros. But then the other things have definitely gone exactly according to plan. The Yankees, the Twins, the Braves, the Dodgers, they are all in first place, as was predicted. The Rays, the Indians, and the Astros, despite the Astros not being in first, the Rays, Indians, and Astros, all good, all good records, all right there in the mix with everything. The Dodgers and Yankees still co-favorites when it comes to betting on Major League Baseball here. But as we kind of hit the one-third mark here, um, do you think there's anything left out there? How do you think the season's going? Do you think there's anything left in the betting markets for anything that you're willing to take a, a flyer on or anything? Not really. Um, yeah. I'm still feeling good about my raise bets, so I'm kind of just going to kind of ride that. The, the, the Orioles are the best story of the season so far, though. This team is fifth in the MLB in runs per game right now. Fourth in OBPS. Like some of the names popping off this year for this offense, Santander, Severino, yeah. Ruiz, Alberto. All those guys have a higher OBPS than Christian Yelich right now. Like this offense, they're doing it with their bats and it helps when you get to play that horrendous NL East uh, plus the Red Sox. But yeah, this the Orioles have been the biggest surprise of the season so far. Yeah, no doubt about it. And when you kind of take a look at where everything stands right now, um, you know, the teams also that we thought were going to be terrible have come, in fact, to, to be terrible. We knew the Red Sox were going to be bad. They yeah. are awful. We knew that the Tigers and Royals were going to be bad. That has played out. The Mariners, we knew they were going to be bad. That has also played out. We figured that the Pirates would be one of the, if not the worst teams in all of the league, and that also has played out. They are 4-15 and 15 as we sit here this morning and then the Giants in last place over there in the, re in, in the West. So while a lot is, you know, again, there's – 
There are the stories of kind of the Nationals underperforming, the Orioles overperforming, the Reds not really uh, being that that consistent kind of uh, maybe dark horse team that people were thinking. While those stories are there, I mean, when we kind of look at who's leading these divisions and who's in last place in all of these divisions, it has kind of gone to form when we look at the, where the betting odds were heading into the season. Yeah, I guess the one I mean, we don't really we don't really know what's going to happen with the Cardinals yet. They've only played like three games, <laughs> and then the you know the the Marlins are kind of getting back into their regular schedule. They were in first place, like if you look at the win percentage for most of the season so far but they lost two of three to to Atlanta over the weekend they're kind of falling apart as we would have anticipated so yeah I mean a few small surprises the Tigers have actually been winning games even though they are if you look at the underlying stats I don't know how that's happening but yeah I mean out the good teams have been good for the most part the bad teams have been bad and um, I think we'll continue to see that in, in a predictive way for the rest of the season Dodgers plus 375 with the Yankees, as mentioned. Twins 8 to 1, Braves 12 to 1, A's 12 to 1, Cubs 15 to 1. You still have the Astros sitting there at 15 to 1 with mm-hmm. the Rays as well, who have, uh, again, both of those teams not currently leading their division. As we mentioned, the, the Indians at 20 to 1, and then your Philadelphia Phillies at 25 to 1. Wow. The White Sox, another trendy team uh, over at DraftKings, 28 to 1 right now. Now, they have been playing fairly well. Um, you know, that was a, a team you and I said to fade because of all of the steam that was coming in on them uh, sitting at 28 to one, Brett, I just don't think they have the depth in at the pitching position to get it done. I mean, they are now sitting at 13 and 11. So they are two games over 500 as we r- record this podcast. And they've definitely been getting a good amount of performance out of Luis Robert, who was the favorite heading into the year for rookie of the year. I mean, this is a guy who's actually leading their team in batting average right now. And he's only hitting 276. If that lets you know what this team is, has going on for it. He's hitting 276. He's leading the team in, in batting average. Um, really just my concern with this team. We know all the big bats, Abreu, Moncada, Robert, Jimenez, Grandal, Tim Anderson. I mean, the, uh, up and down this, uh, this lineup is just massive bats, but I just don't know from a pitching standpoint if they have what it takes to get it done for the long haul. Yeah, especially in the bullpen. And the, their path to the playoffs is also difficult. You've got the Twins, who are a lot. I think the Twins are like a lock to win that division. That team is so good. And then the Indians have been playing really well, too. So mm-hmm. it, I think at best, the White Sox are looking at a one of those wild card spots, you know, teams who don't finish in the top two in their division. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be really difficult for them to, to even get to, I mean, play into the real playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's for me. And the other thing that I will say that has been fairly interesting, uh, we mentioned that Luis Robert was the overwhelming favorite for rookie of the year. Well, I, I'll tell you right now, the Kyle Lewis over in Seattle is not going to make it easy on him to just stroll to the rookie of the year, Brad. I mean, this is something where we were saying, hey, we don't like betting these really short favorites because at the end of the day, wonky stuff can happen in a small sample size and one little injury could certainly kind of derail everything. When it comes to all of that, well, I mean, you look at what Kyle Lewis is doing, and this is this guy was also a very high top prospect in all of baseball. So it's not like it's crazy that he's 
performing. I think people would say it's crazy how well he is performing, hitting 344, OBP of 423, slugging 522. He has five bombs, 17 RBI. And, um, you know, when you look at what he's done so far in a starting role in the heat of, uh, in the, center of a lineup there Kyle Lewis is going to give Luis Robert a run for his money here for that rookie of the year he is and I'm trying to I'm trying to find updated rookie of the year odds and I don't see them on FanDuel I don't see them on DraftKings have you seen have you seen any markets no they haven't opened them they haven't opened them back up I I, it it seems to me like they're doing it kind of like in in spurts I don't I like I haven't haven't seen them doing it like every single day they'll kind of put it up for every like every third day and then it'll come back down put up every third day and come back down I guess that's one of those deals where they don't want to be left to a lot of liability with uh, kind of how things are shaping up because it does look like at this point it is going to be a two-horse race Mm -hmm. between Lewis and Robert and so uh, maybe don't want to give people a chance to kind of arbitrage any of their stuff that's going on out there. But um, yeah, it was it was interesting that this might also kind of play out like we said, where Robert can still have a good season and he's having a good season for a rookie. Um, but Kyle Lewis just going to come in and, and maybe have a better season. It's probably going to go if it, if it's close, they're just going to give it to Robert. <laughs> that, that they're just going to give it to Robert. I, he's just got, you know, he's he's the top prospect. He's got the name value. It's, it's going to go to him if it's close. You're you're already calling conspiracy theory. Look at you. I mean, this is how voters vote, man. Like this is just how it works. And the Mariners <laughs> suck. Like they're not going to give it to Kyle Lewis. Now, I know that's not really how suck. that's not that's really true. how it works in baseball. Like we've seen Mike Trout win MVP how many times? The Angels are never good, but still, they're going to give it to Robert. Over in the NBA, we had a crazy, crazy Tuesday over in the NBA. And the reason that was so crazy is two number one seeds fall in their opening round matchups. The Orlando Magic beat the Milwaukee Bucks 122 to 110. The Los Angeles Lakers fall 100 to 93 to the Portland Trailblazers. Brett, the Trailblazers, you and I have talked about how they certainly have an offensive, have the offensive firepower to get it done. They were so bad on defense that we were, you know, kind of wondering how in the world this is going to work for this team. They had given up 100 or more points in 37 straight games before last night when the Lakers only go for 93. So the streak is broken of the Blazers giving up 100-plus where the Lakers only score 93. 37 straight games where they had given up that many, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Lakers go 15% from three. They shot 32 of the times. They only made five of them. It was a very, very poor offensive performance from this Lakers team overall. And I'll tell you what, Brad, I mean, I don't think the Bucks will ultimately end up losing to the Magic, but I do think that the Lakers are vulnerable in this series with this Blazers team. Dude, what is happening? We had John Von Tobel on last month for our NBA bubble preview, and I asked him about the advantage the Lakers would have by getting the number one seed because they wouldn't have to play the Jazz or the Mavericks in the first round. But here we are. The Blazers fought their way into that eight seed. They're playing incredible basketball right now. And the market has taken notice. Like LA was only a six and a half point favorite in game one. The, the game two line opened at five. And then meanwhile, in the East, the Bucks still a 12 and a half point favorite in game two over Orlando after getting pounded 
in game one. So there's a stark difference between these two series. Like you said, there is belief, like real belief that the Blazers can win this series. And it's showing with these numbers at the books, the, the Bucks minus 10,000 to beat the magic Lakers minus 225. Yeah. It's going mean, to it, be fun. The I'll tell you this though. And while I do believe the Bucks ultimately prevail here, um, Giannis is going to have to get some help because he had absolutely no help in in that game on Tuesday. And you look at, at Middleton struggling and Lopez struggling and getting nothing out of the bench basically at all. And I mean, he can't do it all. He basically tried to do it all. He scored 31 points. He had 17 rebounds. He had seven assists. You know, I mean, he tried to do it all. But, um, you know, eventually there's just a there's just a point in the NBA where you're going to need a little bit of assistance, and he did not get that at all. Now, while there were a couple of big upsets uh, yesterday, Brett, on Monday, however, was one of the darkest days, and of course, I say that with a, a joke. I mean, the books always make money, guys, but I mean, one of the darkest days in a very, very long time for all of the sports books, the Across all of the the playoff sports out there, so hockey and basketball, favorites went 20 and one, Brett. 20 and one uh, includes a handful of baseball games in that as well. But as we know, the general public not only loves to bet favorites, they also love to parlay. Favorites and the favorites went 20 and one on Monday. And there were some guys out there who run various books across the country who, you know, again, jokingly said like, hey, the lights will be on in the morning. But it definitely was it definitely was a bad day for the books on Monday. Uh, 20 and one anytime uh, one way or the other, whether it be dogs or whether it be dogs or uh, favorites is going to be bad for the books because uh, they'll also take it when it comes the other way as well. Yeah, that'll sting because that was the first day of the NBA playoffs. You had a pretty good MLB slates, um, NHL games in there too. Yeah, that, that'll sting, man. When when you've got all those favorites hitting and you know people love to bet those parlays, uh, I imagine it was uh, one of the worst days the books have had in, in, in a little while. Yeah, it um, and, and you know when we take a look at this, so the other thing that they're saying, and and this is all obviously good for us. We love to see it. Uh, they said handle is really starting to creep back up, and they're starting to see action. Uh, they see people taking advantage of the mobile situation, which again, guys, we've preached about that on this podcast. Uh, you know, screaming from a mountaintop as many times as we can that. Go in. If you have to do it in person, it sucks. I understand. And if you are, if if this is something you don't want to take the risk, I also get that. But if you're, if you are willing to um, go into a casino, if you have to do it in person, go ahead and just get the mobile account. And then you don't have to keep going back in the book. You don't have to put yourself at risk repeatedly and uh, you can do everything you need to do from your phone. And if you're in a state where you can just do it mobily, um, you should be betting from your you should be betting from your, your your phone. I mean, that's just all there is to it. It's very, very easy. And you can head to the lines. You can click on your state and we'll even have all of the best offers just laying right there on a page for you. You don't even have to do the research yourself. We've already done it for you. So um, be sure and take advantage of that. But they even even here in Nevada, they said that they are seeing, you know, more and more people move over to mobile, which I feel is really, really good. And, um, you know, especially as we move into as we move into football season, Brett, I mean, one of the things is even if you're at a casino or in a state where they're going to allow people in, 
it's still going to be limited seating. There's still going to be the social distancing stuff in practice. There's still going to be that going on. And so you're not really going to have your typical NFL Sunday like you have in years past. You might not even be able to find a seat in, in the sports book or whatever it might be. So being sure that you're ready to go from a mobile aspect is going to be even more important this year than it has been in years past. Yeah. And even if you're not going in to, to hang around and, and have a seat, just avoid the lines. Like I, I don't want to be standing in line waiting to, to place a bet on Sunday mornings. Just yeah, sign up for your mobile account, sign up for as many as possible and shop around for the best lines and get the best value or get the best uh, promotions and offers that the books are offering. Cause look, NFL is on its way. It's almost here. There are going to be a lot of great, there are already are a lot of great offers out there. DraftKings Sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbooks, they've already got week one offers available. So uh, take advantage. Yep. And we will, uh, we will certainly keep you guys up to date on any of that stuff that, that goes down as well. So uh, whenever those offers change, whenever those things go, we'll be, we'll be talking about that. And then we'll also be talking about, you know, why you should shop lines here as we talk in our NFC East preview, because there is a big, Big advantage to shopping when it comes to these futures lines. UFC 252 went down this past weekend. Real quick recap here. Daniel Cormier lost a decision to Stipe Miocic. That is Cormier's retirement fight. I mean, is someone ever truly retired in MMA? We shall see. But that is, according to him, his last fight. Uh, He was a slight underdog in this one, but not very big. Not really considered an upset. Uh, when this thing went off, he was kind of actually both fighters. When this thing went off, both guys you were having to lay money on. There wasn't even a plus fighter in that one. There were two huge upsets on the main card, however. Sean O'Malley, a guy that has been getting a ton of publicity, a ton of heat, and he had kind of a weird injury in that fight, lost to Marlon Vera. He went off at minus 300 or more at a lot of books. Uh, Daniel Pineda beat Herbert Burns uh, by TKO. Burns went off as another guy that was kind of at a minus 300-ish range or something like that when those went off. So two really big upsets on the uh, UFC 252 main card. But uh, the real takeaway here was, uh, you know, fighting is fighting strange. And O'Malley is in the middle of a in the middle of a a bout and, you know, just gets this weird injury and that's going to be all for him. And so that's why, you know, when you guys hear me say, I don't like betting big, massive favorites, it's because it's because sometimes you don't even lose the fight, Brett. Like sometimes you don't even, you, you don't even do anything wrong within the fight to lose. You just, you know, you land funny, you do something weird, you get some sort of tweak in your knee, your ankle, whatever it might be. And then you end up losing the fight as it is anyway. So there, there's just a lot of different ways that you can that you can lose an MMA bout. So when these guys get into these minus threes and fours and fives and stuff that we see, it's really, really tough for me to lay that type of price on those guys. I don't watch a lot of UFC and I I guess I don't I don't think about these guys getting injured, even though obviously I should like these guys are warriors. They they look indestructible. But yeah, obviously injuries are going to happen. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i with you. I, I, I don't see I don't see the value in, in taking a guy that's a, such a huge favorite when one 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 weird thing can happen. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, you you punch and you, a guy hits it. You hit a guy weird on the head and it breaks your hand yeah. or whatever. Like, there's just all kinds of weird things that go on during these fights. And so, for me, 
that's why whenever you hear us, you know, when we preview these things on the podcast, I, you're, I'm just really never betting those guys really at all, unless it's in part of some, you know, maybe it's a part of some sort of parlay or something like that, but uh, never individually am I going to be laying those types of prices. Um, another week we are going to be taking off of uh, heavy golf here because we have really started to dig into not only the playoff stuff that's going on in hockey and basketball, but also digging into our NFL content. But we did want to at least say, hey, hope you tailed us. We picked Morikawa yet again. So that was a, that was five out of seven outrights that we got. Fortunate that I went out of town, Brett, and we took last week off because uh, there was no way in the world we were picking Jim Herman. So uh, we keep our streak intact here because uh, Jim Herman was never coming out of our mouth. That's for sure. How many bets on Jim Herman were there <laughs> in the world? I saw Circa, I think, no, it, was, it wasn't Circa. It was uh, Superbook. I think it had one $2 bet on Herman. Circa was offering 1000 to 1 on Herman, and nobody bet it. Yeah, I mean, came out of nowhere. <laughs> he earned it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, went low, low on Saturday, Sunday to get, to get it done. But uh, we would have wasted your time with a preview of the Wyndham because we would we would not have been anywhere close to a Jim Herman. So um, there's a lot of good golf content out there, though. Be sure and head over the lines, head over to play picks. And if you search around a little bit, our buddy Pat Mayo does a bunch of good golf content. So if you're looking to bet some golf this week, uh, be sure and head over there and, and take a look at that stuff. But uh, we're really digging into football season now and the the NBA and NHL playoffs, as most people have kind of shifted their attention to that as we sit right now, if you are starting to do your football drafts, a quick little plug here, Brett and I did a best ball video. It is over on our YouTube channel. Be sure and go and take a look and uh, actually getting some views over there on this. I know a lot of people are more interested in best ball now than they used to be because DraftKings entered, uh, entered the foray here with their own best ball tournament. So Brett, now that you've had a little bit of time here, you've, been doing underdog and and now you've started on DraftKings, whatever. Are you seeing any difference, like any big difference in the two? Is there any difference in strategy that you're taking in the two? Or is it pretty straightforward from both uh from both guys? No, it's it's pretty much the same. The scoring is a little different. Uh the DraftKings is full PPR versus underdog underdog is half PPR. And then the the rosters are a little bigger on DraftKings. You get draft 20 players versus 18 underdogs. So you can add another wide receiver or if you want to go like three tight ends or three quarterbacks you can do that on DraftKings um pretty much the same though it's just it's it's so interesting because I'm doing these every day and just to see as the news comes out how ADPs change so quickly like we saw with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and now we're seeing like the you know injuries impact how players are being drafted it's uh it's going to be fun it's I started these weeks ago and just the ADPs then versus now we're already seeing a huge change. Are you starting to see at all any um, any bias towards any players play out here? Because, I mean, we know people love and hate certain players. Is there anything that you've have you seen a guy that just consistently, in your opinion, continues to either fall too far or just continually is going too high for your opinion? Some of these older guys uh, mm -hmm. like a T like we talked about T.Y. Hilton on, on on that show. I mean, he just continues to fall. Nobody wants Nobody wants a PCT without T.Y. Hilton this year, even though he's like the perfect best ball guy because he's going to give you those spike weeks where he just blows up. And if he's hurt, he's hurt. Um, 
So yeah, a guy like that, David Johnson. Nobody, nobody wants David Johnson this year, even though he looks like he's going to be the bell cow back in Houston uh, mm-hmm. next to Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, that one is kind of interesting. It's like one year of getting burnt by the guy and yeah. everybody has just like, and everyone's just forgotten that he was a, a big time fantasy producer for several years. Yeah, he's really interesting to me. Uh, so I've been drafting him a little bit more lately if I find myself in, in a spot to, I uh, don't want to reach for him because he looked awful last year the, the highlight there were very few highlights of david johnson last year because he looked that bad um but um yeah so just some of these older got some of these older guys who weren't great last year uh might have some value attached to them this year i think the only other thing i would say as i've been completing some of these drafts is what we'll say in our video when you watch it over on youtube is we did beat home that we're kind of waiting on quarterbacks and one of the things i found brett is is you can definitely wait on quarterbacks and get a really nice stable of quarterbacks. You just need to be aware in your draft that when a little bit of a quarterback run starts that you can't really at that point hold out any longer. You need to at least pull the trigger on one of the dudes you really like, maybe two of the dudes you really like because when that run inevitably starts, because there are a lot of people who are taking that strategy now of waiting later, if you find yourself kind of out of position and you miss that run on quarterbacks, you're going to end up finding yourself with like your best options being Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill, as opposed to your, your kind of number one dude being a Matthew Stafford or a Daniel Jones or a Ben Roethlisberger Mm -hmm. or like something like that. So just kind of, uh, I think you can definitely hold back on drafting quarterbacks, but you just do need to be aware of kind of when your league dictates that, Oh, okay, we're going on this quarterback run now. And be aware of who is behind you in the draft and how many quarterbacks they have on their roster. If there's a guy, there's a, a couple guys behind you already drafted two quarterbacks they're less likely to take one. So you might be able to wait on your guy until the next round. So there's just little things like that are are important to keep an eye on. Yeah, so definitely do that, guys. But I have been coming out, uh, Brett and I were talking about our exposures um, a little bit yesterday, but I've been coming out with a pretty good plan of, of how we laid out on, on, the, on the pod, I mean, uh, and in the video. I, I am perfectly content having a healthy amount of Philip Rivers and Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Burrow and Ben Roethlisberger and all these dudes that have talent that, you know, super talented players at the skill positions that, um, you know, for whatever reason we ended up liking, we, we like Rivers because we actually think that offense is going to be really good. We like Burrow because we think that the, the defense is going to be terrible in Cincinnati and they're going to be playing from behind all the time. And so same um, with Teddy. And say Mutetti, right. And so that plan, if you go in with that kind of plan, has been working uh, pretty good for me so far. I have seen Roethlisberger, and I've been been kind of like where I take him strictly the draft dictates, but sometimes he will drop way later than I think, and and then I pick him up. And then other times people are kind of taking a a shot on him. So he is not a guy that I just keep consistently getting over and over again. But I'll tell you, Brad, if, if, if Burrow, Bridgewater, and Rivers all have terrible seasons, I'm going to win zero dollars in best ball. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's funny. We, we talked on the on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Like I, I said, I, I'm, I need, I need Joe Burrow exposure. I need it. I still don't have any. I, I guess I just had this fear that he's just going to end up throwing to Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd all season. Like I'm just worried <laughs> that AJ, AJ Green gets hurt. We're already seeing. I mean, John, uh, John Ross has COVID. 
T, T, uh, T Higgins is hurt already. So I just, I don't know that so many injuries already building up in that, in that offense that, I mean, look, this offense should be exciting. There's a lot of playmakers here, but are they going to be healthy in time for the season? Very true. And that's kind of a perfect segue into how we look here at the NFC East. And so guys, we are going to do a full NFC East preview for you here and how we kind of see things playing out with uh, these various teams here. And let's, you know, let's, let's go ahead and kick things off with the Philadelphia Eagles, Brett. And when we take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson, head head coach there, Jim Schwartz is the defensive coordinator, Mike Grow, offensive coordinator. When we look at pro football focus, they were the sixth graded offense actually last year, despite all their injuries that they were dealing with and 19th graded defense. So um, that said, we know that there was so much trouble at the wide receiver position. They did go out and draft Jalen Rager, 21st overall. They traded for Darius Slay to help out on that defensive side of things. They signed Javon Hargrave as a defensive tackle, who was the fourth best pass rushing defensive tackle in all of 2019, according to Pro Football Focus. So, I mean, they did address issues on both sides of the ball for a team that, again, uh, well-coached, good organization, and continues uh, year in and year out despite dealing with a bunch of uh, of crap, especially like last year, which was injuries, uh, continues to win football games. And I think this Eagles team is probably going to continue to do that here in 2020 as well. Yeah, they won the division last year, but they were they were gifted the division last year by the Cowboys, despite really not being able to field a pro offense for the second right. half of the season. Like you said, the the leading receivers on this team last year were Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and Miles Sanders. They won nine games without having a body at wide receiver. They had a college quarterback running meaningful routes toward the end of the season for them. So we come into the season asking, how good can this team be if they are healthy at that position? They're still not great there. They got Elshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson. They're past their age cliff. Um, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, showed really nothing in his rookie season, but they did add that receiver in the draft, who I know you're excited about, and Jalen Rieger, but will he be able to produce right away? That's always the question we have about receivers in year one. Is there going to be chemistry with Carson Wentz right out of the gate? If there is, this could be a dangerous offensive again, bolstered by an excellent offensive line and the emerging Miles Sanders, who is phenomenal. The guy's just so good at everything, pass blocking, catching the football. So I'm I'm with you. I think there might be value on the Eagles right now because the public steam is on Dallas leading up to the season. Um, this might be one of the spots, though. Like If you missed the window to grab the Cowboys at plus money to win this division, I think the, just bet the number on the Eagles right now because it's it's pretty good. The Philadelphia Eagles, according to Warren Sharp over at Sharp Football Analysis, uh, strength of schedule wise, about league average. So not easier or more difficult when it comes to that. They are 19th when it comes to strength of schedule here. So about even with a bunch of other teams in there. So no advantage or disadvantage when it comes to that. We're looking at a Win total of nine over at DraftKings, nine and a half over at FanDuel and FoxBet, Brad. I mean, when we take a look at this, uh, it's a it's a decent, it is a pretty decent schedule. I mean, you don't love the fact that you have games with the Saints and games with the Ravens on there. But, uh, you know, some of these other games, I think that are certainly going to be winnable. They're not any games that they're going to be loving to have to play, but Rams, Niners, uh, Seahawks are all going to be on the the schedule there, but uh, they could. Those are definitely winnable games for this Eagles team. 
They've gone nine and seven the last two seasons, which is why we're probably seeing this line set at nine or nine and a half. I think it's probably about right, the line. If I had to bet it, which is not one of the bets in my account, I think I actually lean a little bit towards the over. Yeah, it's tough because they probably overperformed last year given what they had on offense, but this is still a good team. Like they, mm-hmm. they on paper, this is a like very sound team. They added Darius Slay. I mean, the, over the years, their biggest problem has been that secondary. So at least they addressed that a little bit. Yeah, I, I think this. I think nine is is pretty fair. Um, but you know, they, the disadvantage of winning the division is the tougher schedule. So yeah, it, it, they do have a tougher schedule than Dallas, and that's gonna that's going to affect them uh, again. So if you wanted the push equity, you would uh, bet over at DraftKings. If you're not really worried about that at all, then FanDuel and FoxBet have that extra half game tacked on over there, but you can actually get plus money on the over at FoxBet if you're looking to do that. So plus 110 on the over nine and a half. If you're looking to do that, the Super Bowl odds on this team, 20 to one at DraftKings, 19 to one at FanDuel, 20 to one at FoxBet. You can actually take the whole state of Pennsylvania if you want to over at DraftKings at uh, at 10 to 1. So you can add the Steelers in there as well if you wanted to go that route. But uh, at 20 to 1 on the Super Bowl here for this Eagles team, 10 to 1 to win the NFC at all three books and plus 140 to win the NFC East at all three books. Any of those bets uh, jump off the page to you at all? Not really. I yeah. don't. I don't think these teams. I don't think it's. They're on the same level as the Saints or even the Niners. Uh, I just think they're a tier below. So I mean, and then you're going to get a price that reflects that. But yeah, I'm, I'm not buying it. Yeah, one of the ones I do like though. Uh, there is a to make the playoffs, and this of course this is always going to go down to what kind of bankroll that you are working with. But you can get a yes on this Eagles team at minus one seventy five over at Fox Bet. I actually do think they are a playoff team. Um, being able to lay one, only lay in 175 over there. No one fifth plus 154 at FanDuel. So if you actually think they are not going to get it done, that's the best price and best place to go get that. But I actually do like laying the 175 here on the yes at Fox Bet for them to make the playoffs. Um, I am not a Mike McCarthy believer. We'll talk about the Cowboys in a little bit, Brett. So I I think that this division is certainly not only up for the taking here, but I think the Cowboys are a little bit more vulnerable, I think, than the the betting public is giving them credit for. Yeah, then you should definitely be firing uh, some of these Eagles bets if if you believe that. I I agree. I think the, 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 the to make the playoffs bet is probably the safest just because I think they also have an easier path to get there than a team like a fringe team like mm-hmm. the Rams who are playing in a, in a more difficult division with a tougher schedule I mean the Eagles get the Giants and the Redskins twice so that's easier than what some of these other teams have so yeah I can get behind that one Carson Wentz if you want to bet him best price 25 to 1 over at Fox bet for MVP if you take a look at some of these player props Carson Wentz uh, 3,900 pass yards is kind of where he is sitting you'll want to take the over over on DraftKings the under over on Fox bet where you're actually getting an extra 25 yards of 39 25 27 and a half at all three books for passing touchdowns this is the one that really got to me Brad and this is a couple that I want to talk about here before we move on to the Giants but Miles Sanders rushing yards 925 and a half over at Fox Bet, a thousand and a half over at DraftKings. So this is where we talk about shopping lines. Uh 75 yard difference here. There is a little bit of juice over on Fox Bet if you want to play the over on the 925 and a half. But 
Miles Sanders went for 818 rushing yards last year, but barely played over half of the team's snaps up until they got to week 11. Now, over the last eight games, he played over 70% of the snaps and started to see about 19 touches, not, not necessarily rushes, but touches per game. So we're talking about 925 and a half. And even that thousand number here for Miles Sanders, if you believe what's coming out of their training camp where they say he is the guy, he is going to be the man. We know Jordan Howard is out of town here. There were 16 different thousand yard rushers last season at the running back position. We're looking at about 220 carries at 4.6 yards per carry gets him to 1,012 yards on the season, which, of course, would be way over the 925 and would be over the 1,000 as well. I don't like betting overs on running backs for sure, but if I was going to take an over and if I was an Eagles fan that wanted to be holding uh, a ticket on Miles Sanders, I think, I think you know, again, always barring injury, I really like this bet. Yeah, barring injury, and you always have to question whether Peterson is going to go with that lead back. I mean, his guy, he's always split the backfield over the years, and you know how much how much Boston Scott are we going to see for the Eagles this year? But if he's smart, Miles, Miles Sanders should be on the field for 75% of the game plus. And if, if that is the case, he's going to hit these overs if he stays healthy. There's no question. There's no question. Yeah. He, uh, you know, yesterday on his little Zoom meeting that they do with all the coaches confirmed that Miles Sanders is, quote, our guy um, for the offense this year. So, again, we we shall see. But if that is the case, and again, we're always taking injury risk into account. I really like Miles Sanders. Uh, Jalen Rager at 60, 650 and a half yards receiving. If we believe he is actually the true number one here, Brett, I mean, he would smash this total. I guess it just becomes on how quickly is he actually going to become the number one in this offense? Yeah, I'm not ready to to do that yet. I still think Alshon and Deshaun Jackson are going to get a lot of looks early if they can stay on the field. And of course, you got Ertz and Goddard there as well. They're going to play a lot, a lot of 12 personnel. So how much Jalen Rager are we going to see? I mean, we saw... Uh, superstar wide receivers last year like AJ Brown barely saw the field in the first six weeks so is that going to be the case for Rager this year Uh, too many question marks for me to get behind that one but I I know you love this kid yeah no I mean I I think he has a real chance to be the the one there so I'm uh, it's one that I'm not willing to pull the trigger on a a rookie wide receiver but um and there is going to be competition how I will say this there is a chance that uh, Alshon Jeffrey opens the season on the pup list. And if that is the case, yeah, I would probably get on top of this over um, if I were, if I were you guys out there. So just uh, c- keep that definitely monitored. Then Zach Ertz receiving yards. If you want the over 850 and a half over at DraftKings, if you want the under 924 and a half at Fox bet. Now this is juiced 110 on both sides everywhere. So if you're one of those guys that likes to roll the dice on trying to middle a bet, Brett, uh, there's a 74-yard middle here that is to be had if you wanted to go that route. Um, 916 yards on 88 catches last year. Average nine targets per game. And as you mentioned at the top, remember who's playing wide receiver for the Eagles for the majority 
of last season. Now they get Deshaun Jackson back. They're going to get Alshon Jeffrey back, if not at the beginning of the season, definitely at the midway point of the season. They drafted Jalen Rager. Dallas Goddard probably has a bigger part of this offense as he continues to grow as a player as well. Miles Sanders got 63 targets last year. You think he's going to be a little bit bigger part of the offense as well. I really like the under here on Zach Ertz. And, um, you know, I just think that there's going to be a lot more, a lot more mouths to feed. And we're not going to be looking at a guy that's getting nine targets per game over the course of this season, unless they run into the same injury situation that they did last year. But Hey, we can't, we can't predict that. So we have to go on what we know. We have to go on the fact that we, we just assume that most of these guys are going to be able to play 14 plus games for this team. And so uh, 924 and a half at Fox bet and FanDuel. I, uh, I, I will be finding the under on that. Yeah. We already saw a drop in his production last year and that was when there was nobody else on the field and he's going to be on the wrong side of 30 this year. When does the age cliff hit for Zach Ertz? And yeah, with all these weapons potentially coming back and being on the field this year, I think he's, there's going to be less opportunity for Zach Ertz to hit these overs. So I'm with you on that one. Yeah. He didn't get to, he didn't get to 924 last year. Uh, with nine targets a game. So, I mean, yeah. 924 this year, I think it's going to be hard to come by for sure. If we look at the New York football giants, we're looking at Joe Judge as the head coach there. And every the whole staff is new, Brett. We're looking at Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, and then Patrick Graham as the defensive coordinator. They were just bad last year all over. 21st offense, 22nd defense by pro football focus. But they did they also went out and addressed what everybody thought was their glaring, glaring need, and that is to keep their quarterback uh, safe back there. So with their fourth overall pick, they took Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, the offensive tackle. They took uh, Xavier McKinney with their second-round pick because their secondary was also terrible. Uh, so their two biggest weaknesses, they went out and addressed another offensive tackle with their third pick, uh, third-round pick, another offense, uh, another corner with their fourth pick. They signed James Bradbury, who's a corner as well. So they at least addressed what was a sieve of a defense last year and the offensive line as well. Of course, Eli Manning retired. Cody Latimer's out of town. Mike Rimmers is out of town. Nate Solder opted out. So that doesn't help that offensive line at all here. But um, when you take a look, the Giants entering here with the fifth toughest schedule in all of football, according to Sharp Football Analysis over there, nine of their first 10 games are against opponents who are projected to go at least 500 on the season here in 2020. So, I mean, Brett, when we look at this, do we expect Daniel Jones to take a a year to leap? Even if he does, this schedule is so, so brutal. It is. This team has just been so baffling over the, over the past few years. Like you draft a running back with the second overall pick, despite not having the offensive line that can create lanes for him. And you run an offensive scheme that allows defenses to load the box against him. Like if, if Saquon is the cornerstone of your offense, you have to find ways to get him space. We haven't seen that yet. Yes, they drafted Andrew Thomas early in the first round this year, but that's I don't think that's going to be enough. Like they did this the wrong way. They should not have drafted Saquon Barkley when they did. And now they've wasted two important years in his career already. So now you're in year three of Saquon and you may be finally have a quarterback who can keep defenses honest but we don't really know what Daniel Jones is yet like he's shown flashes and now Eli is gone so he's going to have the opportunity I I don't know I mean there's some nice pieces around Daniel Jones here healthy Evan Ingram would be huge 
If you want to force defenses out of the eight-man box, you've got Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton emerged late last season. But will this offensive line, as you said, a sieve, be able to protect Daniel Jones? I am not convinced. And I want to like this offense, but it all starts up front. And they are going to get pulverized by teams like the Steelers, Bears, 49ers. That's the start of their schedule. Those three teams, three of the best pass rushes in the NFL. So we'll see right away if they can be competitive. But I think this is going to be a a train wreck for the Giants. Win total sitting at six at DraftKings and FanDuel. It's six and a half over at Fox Bet. Guys, they went four and 12 last year, five and 11 in 2018, and then three and 13 in 2017. And as Brett mentioned, they start they start out. Steelers, Bears, 49ers, and then, oh, by the way, weeks four and five are the Rams and Cowboys, who, by the way, should have pretty good defenses of of their own. So first five weeks of the season, going to be really, really tough before the Redskins game there in week number six. Um, Don't have a play on this one. Would definitely take the under on this if I was going to be putting this ticket in my account. If there is... If there are steps to be made, Brett, I think it probably is coming next year, not this year. Um, they're going to be breaking in two rookie offensive linemen, which I'm glad they went out and you know addressed yeah, these, all, all these needs that they have. But are they going to instantly be impact guys from day one here? I kind of lean towards the under pretty heavily here for, for this Giants team. And you're seeing this reflected in their odds in other places as well. Super Bowl odds. 80 to one at all three books to win the NFC 40 to one at all three books to win the NFC East. You, if you wanted to bet them, you could get them at 10 to one over at DraftKings. It's nine to one at FanDuel and Fox bet. So go to DraftKings if you want to bet them to win the East, but uh, I don't like any of those bets. They will be getting none of my dollars and I couldn't in good faith recommend any, you putting any money on this team as far as winning divisions or conferences or Super Bowls. No way. Absolutely no way. I would prefer to bet the Redskins than the Giants this year, if I'm being honest. I, I you know, like I said, I want to like this offense, but until until they show me something on that offensive line, I I don't I think they're gonna struggle. To make the playoffs, yes, plus three eighty over at FanDuel, no minus four fifty at Foxbet. So uh, definitely head to Foxbet if if you want the no because it's five hundred at DraftKings and five fifty over at FanDuel and the best price you're going to find on the yes is plus 380 over at FanDuel. If that's something you want to go, this is why we also talk about shopping lines. If you do want to just be holding a ticket uh, on one of your favorite players here for this Giants team, Saquon Barkley for MVP is 40 to one at Fox bet, <laughs> but 60 to one at DraftKings. So literally you are getting a massive, massive amount of money better over at DraftKings than you are getting at Fox bet. So this is why we harp on this all the time about shopping these lines. So what tw- you getting 20 more dollars for every dollar that you bet over at DraftKings uh, than you are at Fox bet. But then for Daniel Jones, you actually want to make the bet over at Foxbet. We're getting 70 to one where you're only getting 65 to one and 66 to one over at FanDuel and DraftKings. And so, uh, you know, we, we say it over and over again, but be sure, go to the lines, click on your state and sign up for three, four, five of these books, whatever, whatever is available for you over there. Because, I mean, Brad, I mean, if you want to hold a Barkley ticket, you might as well have the one that says 60 to one on it, not the one that says 40 to one. Uh, d- d- don't bet that. Don't bet. I feel like those are missing zeros. Shouldn't he be close well, to like yeah, 400 it's a, it's to one? A, it's a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it's a quarterback award. Yeah, it's a quarterback award. But I mean, you know, some people like to hold their, you know, their favorite player ticket. You know, if you're going to so if, if you're going to hold the ticket, just bet Saquon overs. Like if yeah. you can bet like 
receiving plus rush. I don't like his rushing totals because I think they're going to end up throwing a lot because they're going to be playing from behind, but they're probably going to dump the ball off to him a lot. So anything you can get like, attached to like his receiving totals, I can get behind that. As far as Daniel Jones goes, and I'll, I'll make a case for both sides here and want to hear your opinion for sure. So he's sitting at 37.99 and a half at FanDuel and Fox Bet. So that's where you'd want to take the over. If you want to take the under, you get an extra yard over at DraftKings at 3,800 and a half. Uh, so you're 110 on both sides at both places. So don't worry about that. So if you want the 3,800 yards, Brett, we're talking, let's divide it by 15 games. So let's just assume that he misses one game for safety here because, you know, whatever it might be. That comes out to 253 yards per game. He threw for 3,027 yards last year in 12 starts. That averages out to about 233 yards per game. This is a guy that was pressured on 41% of his dropbacks. That was the second most in the NFL um, if we think they're going to be bad, if we think they're going to be throwing a lot and, uh, and all of that, do we, and if we, and if we assume health, which we always have to assume health, what do you think about this 3,800 number here from Daniel Jones? I lean over just because I think there's ample garbage time opportunity this year for the giants when defenses, after they've done their damage in the first half, just kind of sit back and Daniel Jones can, can throw about, throw the the rock around to his weapons. And there are a lot of weapons in this offense. Um, but so, yeah, I guess I would lean overs on passing yards. Where can I bet Daniel Jones sacks taken and fumbles? <laughs> I want the overs on those. That's that. Those are the overs. I definitely want this dude fumbles. I think he had 18 fumbles last year and he didn't even start the season. So it's yeah, bad, man. It was rough. Now, if you assume he plays all 16 games, guys, uh, the 3,800 number divided by 16 gets you to 238 a game average. I think that is very, very attainable, even with the fact that they're facing one of the toughest pass defense schedules in the league. Because as you mentioned, Brett, they're not going to be coming in uh, ears pinned and stuff like that in the fourth quarter when other teams are up 20 and 24 yeah. and things like that. So, I mean... Um, I definitely lean over on this one as well, but not one I think that's going to be making my account. Um, at the end of the day, it's just, uh, it's, there is that weird, if he were to miss two games and now he's got to be averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of 270 a game, then that's where things kind of get a little bit dicey for me. Uh, his touchdown passes are 26 and a half at FanDuel and Foxbet. If you want to look at that one. Uh, 25 and a half at DraftKings. If you want to do that, he did throw 24 pass, 24 touchdown passes last year. The Lions 25 and a half at DraftKings. That being said, he had two games with four and one games with one game with five. And then he had seven of his 12 starts with one touchdown pass. So he had like three massive spike games and then seven of the 12 other uh, of the 12 starts. He had fairly average, just one touchdown pass in all those games. He did not have any start without a touchdown pass. I will add, but, um, if you take out those huge spike games, Brett, you kind of understand why the number is sitting at 25 and a half when people are probably scratching their head saying, wait, he threw 24 last year and only 12 starts. Why in the hell is the number sitting at 25 and a half? Well, you know, you, you kind of take out those spike games and you see that seven of the 12, he only threw for one. Yeah, like I said, he flashed last year. But if I recall correctly, those were against bad defenses and they have a tough schedule this year. So I would not count on those spike weeks 
happening as frequently this year. I would take the under on these. If you want the Saquon rushing yards, you're going to, you can bet the most rushing yards in the league at plus 950 yeah. over at FanDuel. So that is uh, nearly 10 to 1 if you wanted to go that route. He's sitting at 1,200 and a half at DraftKings and then 1,215 at Fox Bet. So uh, both of those are juiced at 110. So if you want the over, you're going to head to DraftKings. If you want the under, you're going to head to Fox Bet. Uh, Brett, I'm with you. I mean, that's a lot of yards. And while he is certainly capable of getting it done, I don't know how many opportunities he's going to be get, getting to run the ball early in the game. And, uh, you know, when they switch to to pass mode, he's a great pass catcher. So he's just going to be catching passes out of the backfield. This is one of the most disappointing things I think in the NFL right now is the waste of, of Saquon Barkley. It's it's yeah. so disappointing, man. We like we're not gonna be able to see this this kid do what he does best because they just did not build anything in front of him. They're starting to now, so maybe we'll we'll get to see it maybe next year. But I think this is another waste year for Saquon. Sterling Shepard yardage seven seventy five and a half at DraftKings, eight fifteen and a half at Foxbet. If you want to go that route, uh, played in ten games last year, got five hundred seventy six yards in those ten games. But Brett, we're talking about a guy with three concussions, migraine issues, things like that. He did play all sixteen in twenty eighteen, where he went for eight hundred seventy two yards. So obviously, would easily clear the seven seventy five at DraftKings and even the eight fifteen at Foxbet, but uh, lots and lots of injury concerns here with Sterling Shepard. So it's a, it's a pretty hard pass for me. Same. I love this kid. Um, but yeah, the injury concerns are there. All it takes really is, is one big hit and he's going to be out for a few more weeks. Darius Slayton, six seventy four and a half at Foxbet, but seven fifty and a half wow. at DraftKings. So again, a big, big seventy five yard uh, difference there. If let you me stop, looking, let me stop you real quick. Yep. What what kind of middle are you looking for? What's what's like? Where do you decide? All right, I'm going to bet this middle. Uh, well, I look at kind of projections and ranges of outcome. Like I actually really liked that Zach Ertz middle because mm-hmm. like that was kind of that yardage total was kind of right in the heart of where. I would have kind of projected him to land. And so getting a whole, so if you take 75 yards, which is what we were getting, it's like you're getting a whole game's worth of yards as a middle, right? I mean, like you're getting like a whole game's worth of yards. Um, The only thing about Slayton here is, is I actually lean pretty massively towards the over with this kid on Hmm. this 674 and a half. So I don't really like the, the under at all. I mean, he finished with 740 last year and he only started nine games. For this team, he is the unquestioned number two receiver now in this offense. He only had 84 targets last year. He only caught 48 balls and still went for 740 yards. If you get that second year bump like we typically see with these receivers and and Daniel Jones is a little bit better as well. I could see him smashing the 674 as always with the caveat of health, you know, being there. Slayton cost me so much money in fantasy last year. I, I ran into him in the fantasy playoffs <laughs> and he just when he was just going off every week. So, yeah, I mean, when he was he when he was given the opportunity last year, he was phenomenal. Evan Ingram is our closeout here for the Giants over six seventy four and a half under seven hundred and a half. Uh, you're going to find the over at Fox bet the under at DraftKings, depending on how you want to bet there. Another guy's been injury plagued his whole career, Brett. I mean, it's not he's coming off a list Frank injury coming into this season. It's not about production with this guy. It literally is just about health when he is on the field. He gets it done. He only played in eight games last year and went for 467 yards. That's averaging 58 yards 
per game. So, I mean, when you look at these totals, if you wanted to bet the over on the 674, if you wanted to be holding an Ingram over ticket, if he averaged just what he averaged last year at 58 yards per game, he still he only has to play 12 games, and that gets him to 696. Um, but at the end of the day with Evan Ingram and the same thing with Sterling Shepard, it's not the talent. It's just about whether they can stay on the field. I think he might be the most important piece of this offense this year because if he's on the field, they can be so much more creative and flexible with what they do on offense. Um, I want to believe that he can stay healthy just because I, I love watching this kid play football and he could annihilate these overs if he's on the field. But yeah, the injury is obviously the concern. So if you do want to be holding that over ticket, though, do that at Fox Bet. You're getting a, a 25 yards better than you're getting over at DraftKings. One thing to mention before we move on to the uh, Redskins is there is a tab on FanDuel that says local favorites. So if you want to click on that one, the Giants being one of the local favorites that you're able to bet. And Brett, what they do is they allow you to bet when the team's first win of the season is going to hmm. be for the New York Giants. and so. We talked about what a brutal, brutal stretch those first five games are when we were talking Steelers, Bears, Niners, Rams, Cowboys. They are going to be favored when they play week six against the Redskins. But if you wanted to bet that their first win comes against the Redskins before the season starts here, you get plus 750 over on FanDuel. I think that that is a very interesting bet to be holding because I do not see a win in those first five games, I, I may, it, what do you think about them against the Niners, the Rams, the Cowboys? Because I, I think, I think they lose. I think they lose all those games. This is I see. I love I love markets like this because that really gets you like diving into the possibilities. Because I'm with you. I think they probably lose all of these first five games. They could even lose Week Six against Washington. I like Washington more than the Giants this year, which we'll get into in a bit, but. Yeah, they've got week seven, week eight, and week nine here too. Oh, it even goes through week 10. Oh, man. What if they start the season 0 and 9? <laughs> they go to Cincy. Maybe their first win comes at Cincy at 120 to 1. <laughs> I mean, again, I think they're going to be bad, man. Well, when you look like right now, if you, if you wanted to bet preseason, some of these games, I mean, you're you're seeing this play out. Like, if you wanted to bet that that game against the Washington, uh, we got to quit calling them the Redskins, yeah. the Washington football team. That's going to be a very very hard thing for me to break. <laughs> by the way, so just uh, as you guys are listening to this podcast over the course of the NFL Apologies. season, yeah, I apologize in advance because that's going to be very hard for for me to do. They are favored by three and a half points right now. It is minus one eighty four on the money line for the wow. Giants, but you could get plus seven fifty if you bet them to that for that to be their first win right now. Hmm. So I mean, I don't know. Again, it's an interesting little market that hey, I mean, what does it really hurt to throw twenty five bucks on that? They're fun and yeah, and and see what's see what's going to happen. I mean, if if you're getting plus plus seven and a half, I, I think that that's a very likely scenario for that to be their first real opportunity. At a win. So uh, be sure and check out those little fun bets again under the local favorites tab over on FanDuel. So let's roll here into the Washington football team. And Brett, I'll let you kind of take this one away because I have nothing <laughs> of I, I do not like this team. I'm very anxious to hear why you like this team. 
I mean, I don't like them. I like them more than the Giants. This is actually one of the more difficult teams to handicap coming into the end of the year because of the turnover at the top. They got a new coach with um, Rivera. Combined with the fact that Washington just didn't try to win games last year, it was comical. Like, they'd be down by two or three touchdowns and just pounding the ball on the ground in the second half. So we didn't get to see Dwayne Haskins in a lot of real game situations. I will say, though, as an in-the-trenches guy, I love to study matchups up front. Washington might actually be pretty good on both sides of the line this year. If they can stay healthy, and that's been the main issue with the offensive line in recent years, but there are some good players here. Rudier, Scherf on the offensive line. And then on defense, you got the veteran Ryan Kerrigan. He now has Jonathan Allen and Chase Young lining up next to him. Two early first-round picks over the past two years. That's huge. Like This is, this is a... F- this is a 49ers-esque build, which I love. And we've seen the success they had with that blueprint. But is there enough around these young, talented players yet? No. Like, they're, they're still several years away. And I was never a Dwayne Haskins guy to begin with. So I'm not sure Washington will have a playoff caliber team while Allen and Young and Terry McLaurin are still on the rookie deals. But they're at least interesting because of the yeah. talent they have especially on that defensive line. So that is actually my kind of preview for this team altogether is I actually feel like they're going to be scrappy. Yeah. And maybe teams that maybe a team that covers a lot of games, despite losing a lot of games because of this defense. I mean, they brought in Kendall Fuller as well. Uh, on defense to be in there. Thomas Davis is going to be on that defense as well, as you mentioned, to go along with all the other studs that are there already on this defense. Um, I think it could be actually a top 10 defense, maybe collectively in in the NFL at the end of the season, but the offense just not, in my opinion, not going to be able to get things done. If you guys have been following the news, you know that Darius Geis was released from the team, apparently had some sort of incident with his girlfriend over, I guess, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And they went ahead and just booted him instantly off of the team. So it looks like at least the the early season favorite to get carries is Adrian Peterson. Everyone thinks that one of the other uh, running backs ends up becoming the guy there. But um, it, for me, Brett, I, I guess when I kind of take a look at this, I'm not willing to bet this team uh, really from any standpoint. I mean, I'm not going to bet them to win the division. I'm not no. never going to bet them to win the Super Bowl. I'm never going to bet them to make the playoffs or any kind of anything. I, it's very tough for me to find a way that I want to be a part of of betting them. Futures, definitely not. I will have no pieces of futures. I think during the season, though, there might be some value on them, especially against a team like the Giants, where I will probably have like that game, that first matchup on mm-hmm. in my account. Obviously, depending on what happens in the first few weeks. But right. yeah, they were a team I like to bet at, at sometimes last year just because situationally, like they they're people don't like to bet them. They're not exciting, but they still, like you said, they're, they're scrappy. They've got some, and they've got some talent now on this team. So I think that's how I'll get exposure to them during the season is just betting them week to week when I, I see yeah. a good spot. Yeah. Terry McLaurin uh, is, is a thousand fifty yards for his receiving total over at, uh, over at DraftKings. If you were looking to go that route, nine seventy five and a half over at Fox bet, 
and that's 110 on both sides uh, there. So you would take the over over on Fox bet, the under over on DraftKings, if that's what you were kind of looking at. I mean, look, I think McLaurin has the potential to be one of the, especially from a fantasy perspective, one of the kind of like heroes of, of this year. Uh, because again, I believe that this team is is going to be is going to be pretty bad, but I think that they're never going to be completely out of games very often. So I think McLaren is just going to always be a part of the offense and a part of what's going on. It's just uh, tough for me when we're sitting at that thousand at that kind of thousand yard mark, Brett, for for me to pull the trigger on a Terry McLaurin, especially considering I don't even know really what this what this quarterback situation is going to be. I mean, is Alex Smith actually going to compete for reps here? I mean, we're hearing that he might actually be competing for for reps for this team. I mean, if he steps on the field again, what what a story. I don't I, I don't know. I don't see it happening. I think they're just they have to buy into Haskins this year, but if he's as bad as he was, was at times last year, they might not have a choice but to try Alex Smith again and I mean that's going to build some excitement around the team because everyone wants to see that but I'm with you I don't know did did McLaurin overperform last year he looked great but right. and I do like the chemistry there with Haskins they play college football together as well but I ah man yeah I, there's just not a whole lot there's not a whole lot I I know enough about this Washington team that I can just bet them right now yeah, going to be tough for me there. So uh, a lot of passes, but I think on a week-to-week basis, as you mentioned, is certainly something we'll talk about on yeah. our, our various content uh, that we do that maybe there's going to provide value here because there's I think it's going to be undervalued how good this defense is in the market, and um, I think they'll keep some games close. I think they're going to lose a lot, but I think that they're going to keep some games fairly close. So when we see some of these bigger spreads come out, I will not be afraid to kind of jump on that Redskins team at all. Uh, let's wrap things up with the Cowboys here, Brett. And this is a team that, you know, has a ton of hype. I mean, there's going to be, whenever we look at Dak Prescott, he is one of the very favorites out there for MVP. When we take a look at the awards and you click on MVP, you are only going to find Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson ahead of Dak Prescott. 14 to 1 over on DraftKings for Dak Prescott to win the MVP um, let's talk about, we talk about let's when we do a lot of these things from, from time to time. And I think this will be a good exercise for people out there as well. We like to have a path to, you know, betting these futures becoming reality. Um, we talked this through with, with Nelson Cruz and we were saying like, Hey, this is a super, super long shot here. However, here's a path to how this actually happens. And by the way, I guess we should go ahead and mention that Nelson Cruz actually might is it could actually win the MVP actually with the way that he's with the, with the way that he's playing right now. But when you take a look at something like this, what is the path for Dak actually winning the MVP? Well, uh, he is, he's the centerpiece of that offense and probably, I mean, you could argue that it's the, I mean, it, I don't think you can argue that it's the best offense in the NFL, but you could argue that it's the best offense in the NFC and right. he's got, all of the talent around him that he could possibly ask for. So is there a path for him to win MVP? Absolutely. If they win 13 games, he's the guy that's going to win that award from the Cowboys. So I look at it like this. They win the NFC East. They go on. They they compete or and or win the, the NFC. I mean, and here's the other thing we should mention. So Mike McCarthy 
is the new head coach here. And uh, Brett, I think you know this for you've been watching football for a long time and watching football for a long time. Like McCarthy doesn't really like to run the ball all that much. I mean, like he lines up three wide receivers as much as any coach basically in the history of the game. Look back at all those years where Green Bay had no running game whatsoever because they just throw the ball all the time. I think when you look at that type of scenario, that's another way that Zach, uh, that Dak could win this thing is because he's just throwing constantly and like averaging these massive, these, you know, massive 300 plus yard games every week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look, I, I think it, what, what are his odds right now to, to an MVP? 14 to one, 14 to one, man, that is, that's pretty short though. I don't know when you compare it to Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, I, he, I don't think Dak's all that good a football player, so it's hard for it's hard for me to to put him in that same level. But you look at the pieces around him, and yeah, I, I could see a path to him getting a lot of votes if the Cowboys had the best record in the NFC, which I think is in their range of outcomes. And yeah, I, I guess I could see it happening. I think there is a path for him to an MVP. Regular season win total for the Cowboys um, nine and a half. Over on uh, over on Fox Bet. Whenever we look over on DraftKings, sitting at nine and a half, and it is juiced very heavily at DraftKings to the over minus one fifty is the over on the nine and a half on the Cowboys. Over juiced to not minus one fifty four over on Fox Bet for this team. So there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of a lot of support here for for this team when it comes to to win totals. You are going to find them over on. FanDuel at nine and a half as well, juiced to 150. So, uh, Brett, you got to lay it if you think that this Cowboys team is going to win 10 games. Yeah, you missed your opportunity to get a good price on the Cowboys. That was about three months ago. I was staring. I am, I'm actually kicking myself because I was looking at these Cowboys numbers thinking like I got to get some action down. And I never did. I got some like small bets on them to win the division. And I didn't. I think you missed your window because the money has been coming in on the Cowboys. You're just not going to you're not going to get a very good price on this team right now. So it's it's really tough for me to get in on some of these overs. Yeah, minus one ten to win the the, the division. So yeah. to win the NFC East, minus one ten. So you again, you kind of missed your your boat there with them. So yeah, three months ago, well. three months ago, I have some small bets on my account. They were one plus one twenty five. Right. So, I mean, it's moved that much in a short period when really not much has happened. So, yeah, really not yeah. much. And that, that, that is that's very true. Whenever we kind of take a look at this, uh, I think one of the things I do want to look at here is rushing yards. When we look at Ezekiel Elliott, twelve hundred and seventy five and a half is the total over at DraftKings. And Brett, I mean, like I mentioned, I think this team is going to throw. And I think this team is going to throw a lot. And when I start to look at 1,200, nearly, you know, basically 1,300 yards is what you need out of Ezekiel Elliott, which is actually what the line is over at Foxbet, 1,299 and a half over at Foxbet. I think I lean towards the under. I mean, they're still, you know, they're still Pollard in that offense that could siphon off, you know, some touches from Ezekiel Elliott. And again, I just think that they are going to throw the ball a whole lot more. I like the under of 1,300 yards on Ezekiel Elliott. 
I'm with you. And then not to mention, they no longer have one of the best run blocking guys up front, Travis Frederick, who retired. So, I mean, that's one that's one guy he doesn't have to rely on up front to just, you know, move mountains for him. I'm I, yeah, I, I think the thing is, are they going to be up? In a lot of games, I mean, game game script will come into this a lot, too, because if they are, Zeke's going to get a lot of carries. But I'm with you. I think scheme is going to be different and they're going to be throwing the football a lot. They've got the weapons to do it. They brought in CeeDee Lamb. I think that was a a, a significant sign that they want to be throwing the ball more this year, just bringing in CeeDee Lamb in, that, in the first round. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think Zach, uh, Zeke Unders are, are the play this year. Rushing and. Anyway. and- yeah, and and from a passing standpoint as well, I think we kind of can read between the lines. You bring in Andy Dalton as your backup, right? Yeah. So like they, if anything were to happen to Dak, I think they want to be able to go in and continue to run this offense the way that the offense was being run when Dak is under center, and that's I think throwing the ball a lot. And like I thought them signing Dak, I thought them signing Andy Dalton in the offseason as a backup was one of the better moves of the offseason from kind of a non-starter position type deal because you now have a guy, a very proven veteran behind Dak Prescott here to where if anything were to happen to him, I think you could just continue to run the offense the, the way that you want to run the offense. Same. I think Andy Dalton is, is I think even with Andy Dalton under center, this is a playoff team. That was a great signing. I thought, you know, I expected Andy Dalton to be starting somewhere this year and here he is in a black, in a backup role. So that's yeah, a lot of that adds a, a level of comfort for Dallas that um, they can rely on a, a guy in case Dak gets hurt. If we are looking at how the the market right now and how people are looking at least as to how CeeDee Lamb is going to fit into this offense, receiving total at DraftKings, 700 and a half yards. And then you head over to Fox Bet, Brett, where it is at 774 and a half on CeeDee Lamb. So they are expecting big things out of CeeDee Lamb, despite the fact that there are still a lot of mouths to feed there for this offense. What do you think about a rookie? And 775 yards. Man, I don't, I don't know. I love this kid, but how many, how many targets, what's his target ceiling? They've got Gallup, whom I love. They've got Amari. I am like one of the bigger Amari truthers out there. Where are these targets going to go to? And, and can CD Lamb get enough volume to reach this number? Um, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, if we look, so as as far as rookie wide receivers last year in the league that reached, let's call it 750. So it kind of splits these two numbers of, you know, that, that we see out here right now. So rookies that reached 750 yards last year, A.J. Brown went for 1,051. D.K. Metcalf went for 900. Debo Samuel went for 802. And that's it. Darius Slayton was close. We, as we mentioned, he had 740, but he did not reach, you know, 750 as we not were talking McLaurin? about. So, so no. So, wow. so when we take a look here, wait, did I miss McLaurin? I might've missed McLaurin. He might, yeah. He, he must've hit that one. Yeah. He might've been, he might've been right up there, but like, even at that, the list is like four, right? And those like, are guys it, who had like carved out, like not, maybe not alpha roles, but they were, either a one or two in that in their offense. And they were getting a, a lot of targets in the, when they had the opportunity. I, we don't know if that's going to be CD lamb yet. Yeah. So McLaurin went for, for nine nineteen. Yeah, so, okay. so, um, so four guys that went for over that total. It's, it's just, 
it's one of those things where you look and you say like, man, it's only 750 yards or 775 or whatever it might be that you're looking at with these numbers. But it's it's a bigger total than you think for a rookie receiver. It does take them a little bit of time for adjustment. It does take them a little bit of time to understand the speed of the NFL game. These corners, whenever you the corners that they're facing are the very best corners that they ever saw in college, but they're facing these guys on a week to week basis. And so there is adjustment periods. And as you mentioned, all of those guys I mentioned, especially AJ Brown, McLaurin, Debo Samuel, they were all the alphas, right? Like they were all the number one guys on those teams, which is not what we're going to be seeing here from CD lamb. So Uh, I guess the only thing we could look at, Brett, with this is the fact that Amari Cooper has not been the picture of health throughout his NFL career. So maybe that's baked into this number that they're just assuming Amari misses a couple of games. Yeah, very well could be. If if Amari does sit a couple of games, CD is, I think he is the alpha. So in one of the better offenses in the NFL. And so he's going to have a lot of opportunity. Amari sitting at 1050 and a half over at DraftKings as far as receiving yards, sitting at 1099 and a half over at Foxbet. Um, given his injury history and given the kind of a little bit of uncertainty that's going on with this offense, I wanted no part of Amari Cooper futures really at all. It's so tough because the narrative is that his his production is going to take is going to decline because you've got CeeDee Lamb coming in and Gallup maybe took a step last year. I, I don't know. I need to dig into this. I need to see like what kind of volume each of these, each of these receivers could get. Cause I, I feel like there might be value on Amari. If, if everyone's taking unders, you can get CD lamb at 20 to one for offensive rookie of the year. If you want to be holding that ticket, but you would need a Bo- Joe Burrow injury. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, you Brett, tell me a scenario that Joe Burrow doesn't win rookie. Of the, I mean, given everything that we know, he would have to almost be historically bad, I think, to not win the award. Well, what about your boy Clyde? Yeah, that's what, well, I, I mean, it would it would be Burrow. It would be Clyde. Even, I mean, they're apparently saying Tua is actually going to get a chance to start, which I, ah. it blows blows me away. I, I can't, I find that very hard to believe, but I mean, I guess the, I guess they're saying he's going to have a chance to, to start. Possible. Burrow so, worries me with that offensive line. So he's obviously the favorite. But would I bet him at this price? No. Right. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's just like, you know, uh, CD Lamb at 20 to 1. If you want to be holding the ticket, I guess that's perfectly fine. Sure. I just think you're I think you're you're wasting your money. I mean, yeah. like, I just think it's I just think it's a waste of money. I, I think that the odds of him, the true odds of him winning this, given that it's a they want to give it to a quarterback anyway. And then you also have a running back that's going to be the most prolific, one of yeah. the most prolific offenses in all of the league. And then uh, all, I don't know, for, for me, it would probably closer to like 40 or 50 to one should be where I think it actually needs to be for Lamb. Wow. OK. For me to bet it. I'll put it that way for me to bet it. I'll just, you know, we'll go with that. Um, All right, guys. Well, you know, this is kind of our been our look at the NFC East here. Hopefully you got some valuable information, found out where you can get the best odds, the best lines, pay the least amount of juice, a little bit of opinions from us as well as to where we think that we're going to, um, to to where we're going to be kind of putting our money here. Brett, any closing thoughts on this division kind of at all? 
Yeah, like I said, uh, the window kind of closed on any value on the Cowboys uh, months ago. So maybe there is some value on the Eagles now that you know the steam has come in on the Cowboys and, and will continue to come in. So maybe wait and you'll get a better price on the Eagles to win the division or you know, make the playoffs, that kind of thing. Um, hate the Giants. And I, I do think the Washington, Red, or the Washington football team is kind of interesting with that bolstered up defense this year. Yeah, uh, same with me. Any bets I think I'm going to have going to be looking really, really closely at the Eagles here. Um, Like I said, I do believe Rager is going to be a big part of that offense here. I like the over on the 650 for him. I kind of like the under on Earth because I think that he'll be actually less part of this offense than he was last year. Certainly not averaging nine targets a game that only got him barely to the number that he needs to get to anyway as it goes. And again, some of those futures and some of those things with the Eagles as well. uh, Definitely something I'm going to be looking at. And as we mentioned, just week to week on this Washington team, if you ever see a huge spread going against this team, uh, we believe this defense is going to be legit. Now, will they get so frustrated after losing so many games that they give up? Maybe. I mean, you know, that that's always a possibility out there. But uh, I think that the Washington team is going to be a week-to-week kind of bet on or pass team. I don't know if I'll be betting against them too incredibly often. Same. Yeah. This, yeah. Over the years, this has been a team that I typically like to bet on just because they're not a favorite with the public. So I rarely will bet against them. They're usually the one in my account. Guys, this is an amazing time for sports right now. Really enjoy this. I mean, baseball and hockey all day long. You've got UFC fights happening basically every single weekend. We are rolling into the NFL season here as well. I mean, just everything to love about what is going on. Of course, the baseball, uh, of course, uh, you know, baseball is still just happening out there. But I mean, with the NBA and NHL playoffs and then Major League Baseball, Brett, I just uh, golf. We we didn't even mention I didn't mention that. I mean, like everything going on at once. This is in in a bad time right now and in a bad situation. This is kind of like heaven for dudes like you and me. It's it's almost overwhelming just because there's so much (laughs) I want to watch. And I'm constantly changing back and forth between NBA and NHL. The nice part is that these games are going on all day. Whereas, you know, in the past, we'd have to watch them all at night. Now I've got games on starting at like noon Eastern, which has been awesome so far. So at least it's spread out a little bit more and makes it a a little easier to consume everything. Although still with the late night West Coast games, they're killing me (laughs) because I I, I don't I woke up this morning. I didn't even know what happened with the Lakers or the, the Vegas Gold Knights last night. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google is where you can find us at the Lions US, at PlayPix US. You can find us on the Twitter machine at Brett Colson, at Matt Brown M2 as well. Enjoy the sports out there, guys. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>